You and your companions make your way down the trail. You'd left the other companions a day or so ago, and now you've been traveling with just Hipam and Kojari, and frankly, <laughs> these have been some of the calmest days in the previous months. Your other companions had made some <laughs> very questionable decisions. Assassinations, lycanthropy, starting fights that were unwarranted, and yes, they were your friends, however, your conscience has never felt so good. So what can you tell us about your uncle, Hudir? Kojari asks in his deep and soulful accent. I'll be honest, I don't know the man very well. My father never mentioned Hudir. Well, how do you suppose we can convince him to join us? Asked Kojari, ever the practical one. Good question. I guess we'll have the next few days to figure it out. He's stubborn, I know that. So we better have a good argument when we get there. So what would you like to do? Welcome back to How to Be a Better DM. You are here because you want to become a high-class dungeon master, crafting unforgettable stories for yourselves and your players as you guide them through games of Dungeons & Dragons 5e. I'm here, Justin Lewis, to help you do that. Whether you're a newbie or a veteran, I can help. And today, I'll be your dungeon master on this journey of story crafting. If you've been around the game for a while, you've no doubt heard the term one-shot. You've also undoubtedly heard some controversy around one-shots. Namely, are they even worth it? Can you create fun one-shots? Are they just a waste of time? Why does gas cost so much? Wait, uh, that was just my inner thoughts escaping. Forget that. Anyways, today, I'm going to give you 10 reasons why I think you should give one-shots a try. I love doing one-shots, and if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that you can actually have an opportunity to play a one-shot with me or my counterpart, Tanner Wayland, as your DM. Regardless of whether you sign up or not for that, I highly encourage you to try one-shots yourself, and here's why. Number one, explore new environments. One of my favorite reasons for doing one-shots is the ability to explore new settings. Sometimes I see cool ideas on TV or in movies and it makes me want to try it out. For example, I'm a big fan of the Netflix series Arcane, which is based on League of Legends. The series is in an arcane punk setting that is similar to steampunk. And this would actually be an amazing setting to explore in a one-shot. And in a one-shot you can without too much commitment. I'm also a fan of StarCraft, actually, the game, and I think that would be another cool setting to explore. Number two is explore new rules. Doing one-shots is also a great way to pick specific rule sets you aren't comfortable with, and then put your story in. For example, I'm not extremely familiar with the rules associated with being underwater or being on a different plane. A one-shot is a great place to make yourself learn those rules. Or have you ever had someone with lycanthropy or vampirism? One-shots are great places to figure out how that all works. It's a low-commitment way to get it all figured out because if you don't finish by the end of the session, you just move on. Number three is you explore new challenges. It's also a great way to force yourself to do new challenges. Maybe you don't necessarily do puzzles normally, or maybe you don't force your group to split the party. One-shots are perfect opportunities to make yourself learn how to deal with those challenges better. Or maybe you've never done a group bigger than four or smaller than four. Try a new experience and force yourself to learn and grow in those challenges. The last few days of travel were uneventful. There was a small troop of goblins that you encountered, but Hippom cast a spell that was able to largely scare the troop off. Perhaps you've misjudged that little one. When you first met him, he seemed naive and perhaps a little unprepared for the world around him. Living all your days in a monastery will do that to you. Well, you suppose he didn't live his whole life at Summit Hall. There were the days before his parents were murdered by the fire cult. Hippom seems a little more serious now. 
You don't know whether that's due to the mission you're on or the day spent in the drow prison. Regardless, you better keep an eye on that one. Your thoughts are interrupted as you finally enter a small clearing with a large log cabin. Gentle smoke rises lazily up from the chimney. The cabin seems to have undergone some major repairs and renovations. I thought it would be longer before I saw you again, little bear. A deep and rhythmic voice says, You think about how similar Hudir's voice is to Gojari's, or at least Gojari's new voice. We've come back, Hudir, to come get you. I told you, boy, this isn't my fight. What would you like to say? Number four, work on succinct storytelling. Stories are when something specific happens. Note how I said something and not some things or even everything. Storytelling naturally highlights the best and most salient parts of a series of events and presents those events to the consumer in a pleasing way. In order to do that effectively, you do need to work on telling stories succinctly. What better way to practice that than to force yourself to tell an interesting story within the confines of a single session of D&D? One-shots help you get a better sense for session planning and short but effective storytelling. In my last one-shot, I dialed back how much I normally plan, and I ended up being a little bit short on my target length. But it was still fun and better than going over or having to cut it short. One-shots force brevity and pithiness. Number five, speaking of pithy, work on pithy role-playing. One-shots force you to get your role-playing right on the first time. Either you get it right or it takes up valuable time from other integral parts of the story. This assumes, of course, that you have some sort of time constraint. Most DMs do have that time constraint. And, to be frank, it's called the short attention span of players. Because of this, your role-playing has to convey the important plot information as well as give the players a glimpse of the NPC you are trying to portray quickly. Hello, this is Tanner and I wanted to introduce you to the character I'm playing for a live play D&D campaign on the Pact and Boon podcast. His name is Wolfgang Kainstotter. He's a dampier, meaning his father was a vampire and his mother was a human. He was raised in a noble family of vampires that specializes in providing mercenaries for both nobles and criminals, which is where he learned his skills to become a ranger, at least when he wasn't being bullied by his half-siblings. All that changed, of course, when he got sent to the Nine Hells of Calignos, where our story begins. If you'd like to follow along with our adventures, please check out our new live play podcast, Pact and Boon, when it comes out this Friday, the 5th of April, 2024. Go to studios.com forward slash Pact and Boon to get more info. We are so excited to share our adventures with you. Honestly, one-shot role-playing can be much easier than other role-playing opportunities because you actually don't have to worry about repeating NPCs too much. You can go crazy with an NPC with the knowledge that the players won't see them again. Number six, breaks from your campaign. I don't know about you, but sometimes the campaign I am running can be somewhat stale. Or maybe it's me that gets stale. I don't know. Either way, stepping away and doing something else helps me to come back to the campaign with fresh eyes. I get the fact that there are natural breaks between sessions. Uh, often a week goes by. But I've also noticed that doing other stories helps me come back to my original story 
and see it with a new light, have fresh energy for it. Number seven is to play test homebrew content. Homebrew content can be pretty hard to dial in. Sometimes you make items that are way too powerful, and other times the stuff you give your players isn't really where you want it to be. For example, in my campaign, I had my players do a side quest where they go into a haunted mansion. I set up the mansion to be almost in a side pocket dimension, and in order to ascend or descend the stairs of the mansion to the next levels, the character had to drink a potion that essentially faded them. After they were quote-unquote faded, they had to drink revivification potions, quote-unquote, to become normal again. And I hadn't really play-tested the revivification potions, so when the players got more than they needed to have and had a surplus, I had to come up with some features of the potion on the fly. Suffice it to say, the potions were way overpowered, and I was very happy when the last potion, many, many, many sessions later, was finally drunk and I could forget about that terrible mistake. Number eight. Work on spotting and fixing plot flaws. I'm a big fan of the YouTube channel Pitch Meetings. I think the concept is brilliant. If you are unfamiliar with it, here's the premise. A man pitches movies to an executive who spots flaws in the story of the movies, and the writer then just glosses over those flaws without fixing them. It's funny. It's, it's really hilarious. Well, you and I actually need to learn how to do something similar with our stories. We need to practice spotting and not laughing at, but fixing our plot flaws. In a way, you and I should treat ourselves as both the producer and the writer of our stories. We need to ask the hard questions and poke holes in our stories so we can find the solutions to those problems. In my last one shot, for example, I was constructing this scenario and for some reason it was, wasn't quite working. I was stumped. So then I asked Tanner, my cohort, and uh, I asked him for some help and he helped me see a plot flaw and overcome it easily. So whether you use someone else or yourself, you gotta develop this ability to look critically at your stories. And because one-shots are a little bit more constrained and smaller than other stories, it's a little easier to find those plot flaws and fix them. So that's why you should do one-shots. Number nine, allow your players to work on character ideas. Thus far, all of these reasons for why you should play one-shots have all been for you, the DM. But what about your players? How do one-shots affect your players? Positively. You see, most D&D players can create a new character very easily because they have so many creative ideas swimming around in the think tank of their brain. And in a way, they are the DM of their character, trying to write an interesting story and help add to the collective cognitive experience that is Dungeons and Dragons. By engaging in one-shots, you're allowing your players the opportunity to work on writing better characters. Creating a backstory is fun because you get to essentially explain why any given D&D character is insane, cocky, bold, angry, fat, sloppy, scarred, or almost any other adjective and you see, by playing one-shots, you give your players this chance to hone in their creative abilities. Number 10, allow your players to work on role-playing. Similar to number 9, your players need opportunities to practice their role-playing skills. Not every one of us is a born thespian or performer. In fact, in my own case, role-playing might be one of my weakest areas. The only way to actually improve is to, hint, hint, practice. Players also get into routine, and it's much easier to reassess and reactivate those role-playing muscles when you break the state and put them in an unfamiliar situation, forcing them to start asking questions like, what would this character do? So try one-shots as a way of encouraging your players to act out characters that are different than their normal campaign characters. You'll be surprised at the growth you see in your players. Blood of our fathers and of our children. Those were the words you said. Somehow those were the words that changed a stubborn man's mind. Hugh, dear, is a child of the North as much as you are, perhaps more. 
His blood runs wild with the strength of generations gone before him. His stubbornness runs almost as strong. Yet somehow those words overcame that. Those words that you weren't supposed to know changed him. How did you know those words? It doesn't matter. He's with you now, and now you need to figure out the next step. As you trudge forward on the path, you ask, So what's the plan now? He promised Bronze, I suppose we need to assess how strong your brother's hold is on the kingdom. We also need to create an army from nothing. Maybe your relatives up north can help, Kojari adds. Without dying first, Hudir grumbles as he pets his enormous bear's head. All good points. Well, I guess it's time to figure that out. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We could not do this without you. We are so grateful for you and your support of us, and we want to support you too. So if you get an opportunity, reach out to us on Instagram at how to be a better DM and let us know how we can support you and your quest to become the world's greatest DM. We'll be back next week, but until then, let's go ahead and roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better? reading information rather than listening to it. Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that frankly no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.